Lewis. What's up, what's up? It's your boy AT and your boy AE coming to you live and direct with another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life where we break down the bars, relate to the rhymes so we can shed light on our lives. Just listen. Thank you everyone for being here for this breakdown of the last will and testament of Guru. Jay Cole is here on video conference. The most important aspect of this will per Guru's wishes is the distribution of these raw uncut diamonds given to him by an African chief and also the playing of this cassette tape. Another episode of Bars, Rhymes, and Life. Alan, how are you feeling today, my brother? Feeling good. Family and loyalty. The track that I've picked this week by Gangstar featuring J. Cole. Hit me, bro. Tell me what you think about my track this week. So this was an entirely new track for me. Um, obviously, I'm a, I'm a fan of Premiere uh, production and... I think Guru has one of the, had one of the best voices in, in hip hop. You know, some artists just have a really distinctive voice. So I'm a big fan of, of Gangstar. Uh, I was kind of taken by surprise by the J. Cole feature. I don't know if I wasn't paying attention to the to the title when he sent it to me, but I listened to it and I was like, wait, what's J. Cole doing on here? But yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's um got that laid back sound that I really love from Gangstar. Yep. Been on my playlist for as long as I can remember. In weirdly enough, two absolute legends of two different generations. So, you know, Gangstar, just unbelievable OGs, legends, respected by everyone. And Cole's kind of that too, but he's he's almost a generation or two ahead of them. And so it was just a very chill, vibey track, but a, a track with bars nonetheless. I can't wait to get started. Who's up first? You're up. Diamonds are forever like family and loyalty or real rap songs like Cream or My Melody. Diamonds are forever like my infinite thought, like respect in the hood that can't be bought. Diamonds are forever like family and loyalty or real rap songs like Cream or My Melody. Diamonds are forever like my infinite thought, like respect in the hood that can't be bought. I just wanted to shout out Wu-Tang Clan and Eric B and Rakim for the tracks Cream and My Melody, respectively.
Unbelievable artists and two unbelievable tracks. Then the line, respect in the hood that can't be bought. I think, Alan, I did, it must have been a couple of weeks ago, I read that there was this huge study that had like finally been completed about happiness. And it was kind of like following a number of people in all sorts of walks of life from the moment that they started junior school, I think, or something like that. And it turned out that when it was all said and done, those people, those, those people that were in that study that were like lawyers or finance guys or like super, super successful and like really, really financially well off, they were not as happy as those that were in professions like teachers or like coaches or things of that effect. And it's kind of the same thing being described here in the sense that I think respect is gained in many ways, but the, the two main ways that I think it's obtained is by quality and kindness. We have respect for Gangstar and J. Cole because throughout their catalogue, they've done nothing but put quality year upon year upon year upon year. And so we respect them as fans from afar based on the quality that they produced and the quality that they are. The other way to gain respect is to be good to people. And being good to people or being good with people isn't always about being kind. It's about being real with people, sometimes giving them a bit of tough love or supporting people in the very same way that J. Cole is supporting Gangstar on this track. So it's like respecting the hood that can't be bought. You can't buy that stuff. You either you either are of a certain quality and you put effort and work into becoming a certain quality or you be decent to people in the way that you need to be decent to people. You can't you can't buy that respect. It's just earned and it's only earned, in my opinion, in those two ways. It's interesting, isn't it? Because diamonds are one of the ways that people might try and buy respects by wearing them. And yet he's kind of flipped that and said, but but you can't buy it. You've got it or you haven't. You've earned it. Or and you just to add it. to that, you can't actually spend any amount of money to create a diamond, or at least I don't think so. They're, called, they're created by the infinite pressure that's caused between, you know, the earth, molten rock and all that stuff. It's like... Real diamonds, yeah, you, yeah, like synthetic ones, but then, then that's like, they're called synthetic for a reason. You won't get the same respect exactly. as a real you one. You just can't <laughs> buy those things. They're, they're, they're just, they're, not, they're unbuyable. You have to almost do the time or earn it in a certain way in order to get it. So bars. Nice. I'm up next. Diamonds are forever, like friends that'll kill for you. Went up in a jewelry store, burglary, steal for you, build with you, split the diamond into ice blue. Diamonds are forever, like friends that'll kill for you. Went up in a jewelry store, burglary, steal for you, build with you, split the diamond into ice blue. So, while I don't necessarily expect anyone to kill for me, that might be a bit Alan, much. <laughs> if you if you ever need it, you know to call. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do agree with Guru here that, that having friends that you trust is such a valuable thing. And I think, you know, most of us don't don't need to rob a, a jewelry store, but you know, we might need help with more mundane things and, and having friends that you can rely on in those situations is important. It's also important to have friends that you trust enough to just be open and vulnerable with. 
and you might not need your friends to be like strong or to like you know <laughs> commit burglary for you. You might just need them to listen to you in like a, an unjudgmental way. Do you know what I mean? And like he says, it's it's great to have people you can build with, like you know, build with you. You can create something on your own, which is great, but it can also be really good to create something with other people. Like the obvious example for us is this pod, and it's a good way of really getting to know people. I think when, well, even if you already know them, to build something with them and solve problems with them and achieve something together, I think that's just a a sign of a strong friendship, and it's a good way of strengthening a friendship. Facts. Never forget the day you told me about night terrors. I was like, how long have I been mates with you for? <laughs> Never forget that. Facts. Nice. You're up next. Thrice he tried to disrespect our kinship. I don't like you. Now you're axed out of the fan. Thrice he tried to disrespect our kinship. I don't like you. And now you axed out the fan. I think I'm going to adopt the three strike rule into my life, Alan. I think last three or four tracks I've been adopting things from these guys. I'm bored of these people that have things going on in the background one of the reasons why i had such a difficult time with my work situation over the last six months was that i genuinely believe i was being very supportive of an individual that was integral to me keeping the job that i had i know he had a lot going on i know there was stuff in the background that you know wasn't entirely this person's fault I was being really, really compassionate to this individual and this compassion, all this stuff, all this understanding, all this, hey, you know, I wasn't taking notice of strike one, strike two, strike three. Mate, I might have been on strike 556 by the time it was all said and done, yeah? And that's what's landed me in this shit work predicament in the first place. So I'm listening to Gangstar and I'm saying strike one, Strike two, strike three. Now I don't like you and you are now axed out of the fam. Real recognize real. Respect has to be earned. And I have to be able to just stick to that. And I'm sure it is going to pay dividends to me in the long term. So I just want to thank Gangstar for this advice. It reminds me actually of a, of a quote from Bojack Horseman. One of his girlfriends says, when you're wearing rose-tinted glasses... All the red flags just look like flags. <laughs> it's like when you're close to someone. I mean, you know what I mean, like when you're when you're involved or working with someone or close to them, you can you can let those things slip by. Bars, man, absolute bars. Dropping knowledge. <laughs> you're up again. But I'm cashing checks with Premier on this jam. Robin Leach interviews on the beach. But I'm cashing checks with Premier on this jam. Robin Leach interviews on the beach. Stupidly random. But Robin Leach was a famous TV host, journalist and writer who showcased the lavish lifestyles of celebrities and millionaires. He was born in London, 1941, and started his career as a reporter for the Daily Mail at the age of 18. He moved to the US in 1963 and worked for various publications, TV shows, including People, Entertainment Tonight and CNN. He became a household name in 1984 so two years before you were born, three years before I was born, with this syndicated show, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, which ran for 11 years and featured his signature sign-off, Champagne Wishes and Caviar Dreams. 
Welcome to a special edition of Lifestyles. Join us for fun in the sun at the newest resort of the rich and famous, the St. James's Club in Antigua, British West Indies. Join us as we party with Joan Collins, Liza Minnelli and Anne-Margaret. is celebrity interviewer Robin Leach on this star-studded edition of Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And Robin Leach, I had no idea about. I went and did a little Google search, did a little bit of YouTube thing. And I, I think he's like almost, I know this person hasn't passed away, but you know if you speak to bare heads about Lloyd Grossman and what he was on MasterChef, no one have a fucking clue. And it's the same here with Robin Leach. It's like, I had no fucking clue. But this guy was like, he, he's, um, he's a thumbnail or a snapshot of a time. And I think that Lloyd Grossman represents that in a certain way as well. And loads of other people. And in some respects, for Gangstar, that was the show. Being on Robin Leach's show was the thing to be on at that time. And we got no idea about it. But... You know, he was, he he was a G man, and he's a London thing. So I'm always gonna hype London thing. It was only because he was a London thing that I I had to hype it. <laughs> the the only thing I know about Robin Leach is that on the song Juicy, Biggie says I'm up close and personal with Robin Leach. So, so there's <laughs> two hip hop bars he's rep he's been representing. Yeah, he's validated. Robin Leach is validated without us knowing nothing about it whatsoever. A, a Biggie and Guru. I mean, Jeez. come on. I'm up next. Like the rap reverend Ike without the perm, I preach. There's more you need to learn. I return for my streets, gaining my wealth, training myself. I teach like the rap reverend Ike without the perm, I preach. There's more you need to learn. I return for my streets, gaining my wealth, training myself. I think there's some really great messaging here. There's there's always more you can learn. And I think when you stop learning, you kind of stop growing in a way. That's why one of the things I like about my current profession is that I'm always learning. Technology moves fast. There's always something new to learn. But then he returns to his streets. And, and I think this is about teaching people. I think the best thing about learning is teaching, passing it back and, and sharing the knowledge. I once gave a presentation at university and the lecturer said I should consider teaching because I delivered it in an understandable way. And it was just such a huge compliment to me. Like It really did give me a, a big confidence boost. And I don't think I would have the patience to be an actual teacher. Like that's an, that's an incredible skill in itself, but I don't think I have. But I do love sharing knowledge with people, you know. I know in the past when you've been doing your data science work and you come to me with a, a particular issue with Python. How do I figure this out? I'm oh, sorry to be a pain. I'm like, no, it's not a pain. I enjoy this. Like, I like going through this. This is fun for me. Yeah, and then gaining wealth, training myself. Obviously, wealth can be money, you know, literal wealth. It could also be knowledge. And in some cases, it, one will lead to the other. And although you're training yourself or training myself, that doesn't mean you don't need teachers. But it might just be you that's driving the learning process. Maybe you're going out and seeking teachers. I don't really believe in the idea of being self-taught. I think a genuinely self-taught person is incredibly rare. 
in any field, um, I could say, you know, there's things that I didn't technically have a teacher with, for example, learning to play the guitar, but that's not entirely true because I did watch YouTube videos and that's just distance learning. There's still a teacher there that's explaining things to you. So, and then that can go for almost everything. There's very few things you can't learn on YouTube for free. You've got like an entire MIT courses on there and stuff. So yeah, I just think for almost everything there is, you can go out, look for a teacher, find someone to learn from and you'll get wealth one way or another. Bars, man. Absolutely bars. It's really hit me with that whole thing about I don't think you can ever truly say that you've been self-taught. I really, really like that. It's a very poignant thing because I've had people say shit like that to me as well. You hear it all the time. People always say I'm self-taught and I'm always, and I don't want to antagonize people, but I'm like, but what do you mean? Like who is really self-taught? Even if you, and like going to your local library, getting a bunch of books and just doing it on your own, in a sense, you're self-taught, but you had, you had the books and it's still commendable, but. Yeah, no man is an island, as it were. Jeez, Alan, where are you dropping all these bars <laughs> with one hour less sleep? Because we've got, we're, me and Alan are absolutely shanked because of daylight saving GMT nonsense. But you're just <laughs> dropping knowledge, bro. Oh dear, you're up next. Pick up the pen, write down the sins, cleanse. Lay that shit down, play it for friends. Diamonds, diamonds, diamonds. Yeah. yeah. How amazing is it to write things down? I genuinely feel like it's such a powerful thing to write. And I think obviously with the, the uptake of technology, we don't write enough. But when you think about... Remember those caves you were talking to me about that they preserved and they didn't, they've not opened to the public because they've been inscribed, they inscribed certain things into them. What, the Lasso caves. Yeah, the point I'm trying to make is that from an evolutionary standpoint, we have been writing slash inscribing for millions and millions of years. And there has to be some sort of mechanism of action that not only helps us, because I always believe I remember things so much more when I write things down as opposed to typing things down. But I, I also think there's got to be some sort of therapeutic effect to it or some, some organizational effect when we write things down. And I can't stress enough how powerful it has been for me, especially when I haven't been fail feeling great. Uh, I genuinely believe that it's, it's more powerful at times than even talking to people. And what I'm trying to get at is not, I think it's important to talk to people when things are it, going wrong or, you know, you're feeling a certain type of way. But before talking to people, I think it's important to actually have a go at writing your problem down and consolidating your thoughts and organizing yourself in a way that makes you go, hang on a minute actually this is like i'm feeling some type of way but it, how exactly can i describe um how i'm feeling and that takes effort it's not easy and jay is talking about writing bars and then sharing with friends but taking my example i'm talking about writing things down like writing your troubles down and then reaching out to your friends it helps to make better informed decisions about your life I remember a time, and I, I specifically remember the episode, it was the Eric Architect, Eric the Architect episode that we have in our catalogue, where I was really, really struggling with a situation with a girl that I was dating. And 
I had to reach out to you, Alan. But before I reached out to you, I actually wrote how I was feeling down. And I was writing what I thought the problem might be. And it was only until then that then I reached out to you and you were able to either potentially confirm or not confirm some of my problems. I think too many of us feel emotional at times. And when you feel emotional, the natural thing is, for some people is to close up and not share it at all. But other, other people, it's like, you just ring your friend and download a whole garbled mess. And you're not actually, you're not, you're not, you're not writing, you're not, you're not cleansing, you're not doing anything organizational for yourself. It takes effort. The more effort you put into those situations by writing things down, I think the better the outcome can be. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I, one of the things I learned from cognitive behavioral therapy is the idea of journaling and writing down thoughts, feelings, and just kind of breaking it down, analyzing it for yourself to help you kind of just come to terms with it a bit. It's really good advice, man. You're up again. The most could never afford the precious jewels. That's precisely why I'm blessing you with clear-cut messages. I'm destined to invest in urban sections where the depression rules. I hope to heal the destitute before I leave this vestibule between the heavens and the seven circles. Could never afford the precious jewels. That's precisely why I'm blessing you. With clicker messages, I'm destined to invest in urban sections where depression rules. I hope to heal the destitute before I leave this vestibule between the heavens and the seven circles. Nice, got a snap there on the end. It's crazy to me how subtle the double entendre here is with the first line. Most can't afford the precious jewels. On first impression would mean like diamonds themselves, gold, chains, jewellery, etc, etc. But the second line explains why the first line isn't actually about jewels, diamonds and materialism. It's actually about knowledge. That's why he's precisely blessing us with clear-cut messages. Clear-cut messages of knowledge. Alan, did you know that more than 72 million children of primary education age are not in school and 759 million adults are illiterate and do not have the awareness necessary to improve both their living conditions and those of their children which is really fucked when you think about it and again it's just bars as Jay is doing something about those clear-cut messages that he's delivering by investing in urban sections where depression rules that's bars that's there, there's a lot of there there's knowledge a double entendre and then application of hey i i'm giving you what the problem is but actually i'm doing i'm trying to solve that problem in my own way so it's not enough to just oh well this is what's wrong with the world I, i'm doing my little bit to try and fix it too i just think it's incredible and then with the last two lines the bars are obviously sick they flow so well together how many rappers are going to put destitute and vestibules together like, let's be real, not many people are going to do that. So we all know Cole's quality. But Alan, the most important take of the week comes down to the last line. Between the heavens and the seven circles. Did you know what the seven circles are? Dante. Oi, he's there, he's there. Now, I, I, I don't know. You might be able to confirm this for me. But I think Jay's slightly off here a bit. Because apparently there's nine circles of hell. I don't know, actually. Okay, so I, I grabbed this off internet. I don't know if it's right or not. I'm not pretending that I'm validated or verified. But in Dante's epic poem, Inferno, the nine circles of hell are from top to bottom. 
limbo, lust, gluttony, greed, anger, heresy, violence, fraud and treachery. On these circular levels, sinners are punished in accordance with their transgressions, with limbo holding the easiest punishments and treachery at the bottom, punishing the most egregious sinners. However, with reference to Cole's bars being the seven circles, Alan, the most important take slash question of the day is, have you seen the film Seven? I know you haven't seen Crimson Tide, <laughs> so fuck off with that shit. But have you seen the film Seven? It's one of those films that I keep meaning to see. There we go. <laughs> but I haven't seen but, it yet. You know what, Alan? I don't want to. I don't care that we snapped on the bar. I don't care for your take. Now you've got Crimson Tide and Seven. This this repertoire. You've got me on the Sopranos. Yeah, that's gonna start soon enough. I'm I'm there. I'm nearly there. But come on, bro. How have you not seen Seven? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know how these films escape me. It's on the list. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I snapped you just that the last little section there with the, um, yeah, destined to invest in where depression, destined to invest in urban sections where depression rules. It's just great bars. Like everything you said, completely agree. I always like to highlight when someone talks because obviously you could understand depression as mental health, or you could understand it as an economic depression in either way i think this is a really an honest way of like recognizing that those two things are related like obviously you can be wealthy and depressed as we found with super rich kids but poverty makes everything harder and economic depression and, and psychological depression are definitely closely related and i think it's, it's always it's always good when someone talks about it openly like this i always just I think it's a positive thing, and, and Cole's always good for stuff like this. He's one of those artists that is wears his heart on his sleeve and doesn't doesn't hide himself. You know, he, he gives himself to the audience, and and I like that he wants to try and help people from you know from where he's from and heal people. It's just it's a nice message and it's nice bars. Absolute facts, bro. Who's next? You are up. From hip hop to astronomy, they copy what we showed them. N words be talking slick but only try me over modems. In person, they're starstruck. Their hearts flutter. From hip-hop to astronomy, they copy what we showed them. Niggas be talking slick, but only try me over modems. In person, they starstruck. Their hearts flutter. So true. So, so true. It's so fucking brave to say all that we say on the internet. So brave to even say half the stuff we say on this podcast. <laughs> And I, I just hope that if we ever get the opportunity to meet some of these incredible people whose music we appreciate so much, that we don't get starstruck and we just be who we be. That's all I wanted to say. Nice. You're up again. Experience pain. Watch the tears crash on the floor. Wisdom brings a whole nother sort of understanding. Experience pain. Watch the tears crash onto the floor. Hurt brings wisdom. Wisdom brings a whole nother sort of understanding. Straight up truths. I think understanding and working through any type of hurt, being it physical, be it psychological, literally brings a whole nother sort of understanding. But it takes work. And this type of work is never easy. Just for example, Alan's back. It will not get better by quote unquote resting it. 
you're going to have to put work in and you have to do exercises to get yourself out of pain. And it's so counterintuitive when anyone usually says, I'm hurt, you be emotionally, mentally, psychologically, whatever way they say, hey, I'm hurt. We usually say, take it easy. But almost all hurt requires work to get out of it. But if you put the work in and you conquer that hurt, the level of understanding is different. And you know what? That level of understanding, that kind of problem solving through those those types of hurt, be it physical, psychological, it helps you problem solve in other aspects of your life. It helps, it, it almost starts to branch out into other areas where you go, right, cool. I remember a time when that, I was in a really difficult situation. And while this isn't exactly the same, I can use some of those processes to to help myself get out of this situation that I'm in. Or I can use this situation to help my friend who's in a situation of that was similar too. And it always comes with wisdom. And, it, and one of the things I'm really proud of is some of the young guys at the club now, even though I don't say it to them at the time when they say it to me, they kind of go, Abby, you're bare wise. And I always get well <laughs> gassed. When I'm like, nah, man, I'm not wise at all. I'm the biggest idiot you might know of. But they, they, they gravitate towards me in a manner that says, I'm going to listen to this guy because he comes across in a way it's not trying to be preachy and he's not pretending to tell you that he knows everything. But it's because I think I've worked through a lot of hurt, not just psychologically, physically too, but but it takes work. Takes work. Working on the back, man. Working on it. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I might have to touch base every week until the back's solved. Uh, I, I was able to actually go swimming with my kid today. That's progress. Hey man, that is as <laughs> progress progress gets. Oh, nice. I'm up next. Diamonds are like loyalty, iced out like royalty. Diamonds are like loyalty, iced out like royalty. A little bit of a pop quiz for you, Abby. How many diamonds are in the Queen's crown? The King's crown. God damn it. Whoa. 136? 2,868. Also, 17 sapphires, 11 emeralds, 269 pearls, and 4 rubies. That's just one crown. What they call the the imperial crown that the the current monarch wears. They also have the sovereign scepter, which is basically a fancy stick. Uh, (laughs) It has the, the Cullinan diamond in it, which... At 530 carats is the largest clear-cut diamond in the world. And then you got the Queen Mother's crown, which has another 2,800 diamonds in it, including the 105-carat Kohinoor diamond, which the British acquired after the Anglo-Sikh Wars when they defeated the Sikh Empire, annexed Punjab, and forced the leader to sign a treaty handing over the land and the diamond. That leader, Dalip Singh, was 10 years old. What the fuck? So when they say royalty is iced out, they mean it in many ways. That is cold. Whoa, that is cold, bro. That is as cold as it gets. That's it. You know what it is? It's just, it's mad when you say it like that. It's just insane to hear it. And, you know, obviously, the travesty of invading other countries as part of colonization is one thing. But then to jack it off a 10-year-old, fuck. 
shit, man. That's just... I was about to say that on the 6th of May, it's my birthday. And it's also the same day that he's getting coronated. But like, I was... I had to, I had oh, some, is like, it? I, yeah, I had some sort of tie in there, but I don't want that tie in at all. I don't want no <laughs> attachment to that shit now. <laughs> Yeah, so if if you want to be truly iced out, you got you got to look at the Royals. That's the way to do it. Man, <laughs> what a, what a terrible terrible story in it when you think about it. It's crazy. And as 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 much as you know, I love being part of Britain and I love being part of the UK and blah blah. blah but you know, everyone's gonna hype that day. It's gonna take all over national TV. And we are going to, as a nation, celebrate that crown going on his head with all that story attached to it. It's mad when you think about it, isn't it? It's it really, is. really fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, and then and a lot of the people who will be watching it will have will have made similar journeys to those diamonds coming from colonized countries to England to now be sitting watching the the royals anyway sidetrack there <laughs> what a way to end it literally <laughs> unbelievable track oh man love this app nothing but love to gangstar and all their fans nothing but love to cole and all of his fans nothing but love to all the brl listeners out there and nothing but love to you, Alan, my family and my loyalty. One. Peace. Diamonds are like my wife, he's so sweet the way she spoils me. Diamonds are forever like family and loyalty or real rap songs like cream or my melody. Diamonds are forever like my infinite thought, like respect in the hood that can't be bought. Diamonds are forever like family and loyalty or real rap songs like cream or my melody. Diamonds are forever like my infinite thought, like respect in the hood that can't be bought. Word up. Diamonds. Diamonds. Like a freshly cut diamond.